hello it's me i'm sad because you're not what I was lost. looking for oh okay all right thanks jeremy should i start this over yeah i should probably start this over <laughs> hello and welcome to the royals rundown podcast it's me jacob Milham with jeremy greco yes unfortunately i did try my hand at singing but we have a whole lot of guys trying their hand at professional baseball. It's not working out so well for them either. So. Oh, oh. Ouch. Yikes. Okay, that was probably a little too much. Please don't get mad at me. I mean it all in good fun. Y'all are so much better. Y'all are so that much better at baseball than me. That was that was that was the best. That was the that best was- ever. I well, you know what? I, I appreciate being goaded at a podcast intros, which I'm really not. But thank you again. This is Jake Milham, Jeremy Greco over there, looking like the uh, the tide eyed, tide eyed, uh, like big headed savior coming from the from the clouds. Ready come to, to share present some you the good news. Uh, well, not of Chris Bubich anymore. I got to find some new good news. <laughs> you gotta. You might have to look to other levels of uh, baseball for for that good news <laughs> right now. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, it's uh, it's looking a little little rough. If if you ever heard, I don't know if you've heard about the the Kansas City Royals so far this year, Jeremy. But uh, things ain't looking. You great. know, I think I heard a little something. A little something or other. A little, little something. Not a little something. Something. Definitely not a little something. Something. But a little something. Just a little something. Well, anyways, let, let, let's talk about that little something then. But first, if you want all the updates on that little something especially with the Kansas City Royals. Go check it out on RoyalsReview.com. We've got news, analysis, commentaries over there. Matt Lamar, he's getting some people riled up over there about Bobby Wood oh, Jr. Goodness. and Eric Hosmer. <laughs> oh, was, goodness. Uh, yes. I'm I have, glad you uh, dove on that grenade for me. I appreciate but, it. I I think Lamar is, like, willing to dive on any Royals-related grenade. Like, that's how Pretty much I, I haven't been in this sphere for very long, but, like, I'm not surprised that he would do something like that. And it's, he presents his side of the, of the story. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think that Lamar is, uh, is just the, I'm going to say it and and no offense to anybody else. He's the best. He's the best Royals blogger out there. Period. End of story. Uh, including me, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's, he's fantastic. And I, I always read his stuff and, and try and pick up what I can do better from him. And, and his article was, it was straight fire. Whether you agree with him or not, it's, it's great. Well, hell yeah. Go check that out on royalsreview.com after you get done listening to us, please. But Hey, let's before I, I got the zingers out of the way, I got the intro out of the way. Let's just go and talk about some straight news before we go off the rails too much, Jeremy, because by about minute 20, I'm thinking, yeah, this thing's going to be pretty far off the rails, <laughs> but we do have to talk about the bad news with your Lord and savior, left-handed pitcher, Chris Bubich, who did undergo Tommy John surgery on April 25th. Um, it was performed in Los Angeles and he did have a, he had a good update Posted on Instagram, I believe it was, you know, thanking the fans and saying that he'll be back and yada, yada, yada. It's it's Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out a while. Like, he's going to be out the rest of this season. He's going to be out for a, a little bit, at least, of next season, I imagine. Yeah, um, probably and, the early beginning of the season. I mean, yeah. he could he could conceivably come back at the beginning of the season. 
Um, but it would be a it would be a very fast rehab process if he pulled that off. It it really would. And you know what? I be a Salvador if, Perez level healing. Listen, yeah. I think if I did the so you know some of these major league pitchers by the time we see them and they get established with the club and they undergo Tommy John surgery, it's not the first time that they've had such a surgery or a similar surgery. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm reading everything correctly, this is like the first major pitching surgery for Chris Bubich, which is or pitching related surgery, excuse me, which is a I think it's a good sign for his recovery. You know, he doesn't have to worry about other limitations or oh well, I don't want to re-aggravate this old injury or things like that. So I I am hopeful, but yeah, he's he's out for the rest of the season. I'm not expecting him until May of 2024 at the earliest, personally. I I just I want to know now what, what your most major surgery was. That's, that's the only question that has popped into my head. <sighs> oh my gosh. So I've only had, you I've thought only we had could two. Be 20 and I took that as a challenge. <laughs> I've only had two major surgeries in my life. The only one that I could talk about on this podcast <laughs> is they basically <laughs> took a roto rooter to my nose because both nice. of them were blocked off. And it still sounds like I have an eternal cold right now. I had like this ah. perfect radio voice for like six months after that surgery, and then it reverted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what's do. what surgery did you have? Did you like get tie dyed with that shirt on? <laughs> the, okay, ready for this? The most yes. major surgery I've had was I had my right big toe toenail removed because oh. I had some awful ingrown toenail. Oh man, I bet that hurt. That had hurt. It so actually bad. didn't. Hurt, hurt that bad but um they had this this curtain that they could kind of put up so like you couldn't they, obviously they don't put you under for that right they yeah. just do local anesthetic and but they could put a curtain up so you don't have to watch them they didn't put the curtain up for me oh, and I'm, just, no. I'm like there's so much blood what is happening <laughs> i i might have passed out from that like that that just i makes... thought about it I, I was like i this could i could pass out that would be okay <laughs> no one would blame you honestly oh my gosh that sounds that sounds terrifying at least they like they put me under for mine of course like they didn't yeah yeah, yeah. just take the sure. drill go okay open say ah and go <laughs> just a milwaukee drill and a drill bit anyways anyways yep yep you you took that as a challenge and it is uh it's working out pretty well for you there but yeah, so listen, that's the that's the major surgery news for the Royals right now is Chris Bubich having his Tommy Johns. I will say Annie Rogers, she did note, quote, pitchers typically take 12 to 14 months to get back on the mound um, and noted that he will be rehabbing in California and Kansas City for the remainder of this season and the offseason. So best of luck yeah. to, to Chris Bubich there. Before we get on to the rest of the injury news, let's go and take that segue from Bubich into so Ryan Yarbrough got his first start today for the Kansas City Royals, which would this would have been Bubich's start, which is that's why it's a notable thing. Uh, last time they they went with the understandable opener strategy, and Ryan Yarbrough still pitched the the lion's share of that game against the Angels and didn't do too bad. What'd you say? The bulk man. Yes. They call him in the, in the Rays organization, I think. Thank you. The bulk man. I, I like it. I like it. 
and he was he was the bulk man again today. He didn't go like five or six. He only went four innings. So I mean, it's kind of long relief numbers. And to be fair, I was pretty worried going into tonight. It's like, oh my gosh, we're really going to send Ryan Yarbrough out there for a start. It's going to be terrible. And it wasn't bad. He gave up four hits, the one earned run, one walk, two strikeouts. Like he very much did what you want any starter to do, much less a guy in his situation. You just want him to keep the team in the game. Like, yeah, I, my problem with Ryan Yarbrough was never that I thought he was awful. It's that he's a swingman, and I felt like the team needed needed innings eaters, and it needed it needed high quality pitchers. And he's yeah. not a high quality guy. He's he's a guy who goes out there, he gives you four innings, and and he's not going to be awful probably, but he's not going <laughs> to be great either. Yeah, and that was that was my frustration with Ryan Yarbrough. Like, if they signed Ryan Yarbrough after signing a couple of of really good starting pitchers, I would I would have been like, yeah, great. We needed a swingman. You got a swing a very reliable swingman. Yeah, for sure. And but you want to know who was a really high quality pitcher? The guy that the Royals were facing today. Yeah, Man, he was so so freaking good. Zach Gallen. Gallen, yep. however you say his last name, excuse me. So 12 strikeouts. He extended his scoreless streak to 28 innings. Like that is just crazy to think of of a a pitcher doing that in today's game. And I know, I know it came at the expense of the Royals, but it was just really fun to watch him deal. It was kind of like show. It was, I wouldn't say it was like Shohei pitching, but it still had that same feeling. You know what I mean, Jeremy? Sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was just just tough sledding for the Royals offense today. No, no runs. They did get five hits. And honestly, they had Arizona kind of on the ropes, if you will, in the, in the first inning, they had Vinny, I believe it was at third base with one out. Like it, you know, they could have scored. They had the, the problem, chance. The problem with Vinny being at third base is that he's not at the plate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I, so and so he had the day off. Yes, correct. That was, and you know, I know, I think I saw someone like, I saw someone on social media talking about, you know, the lack of power, if you will, in today's lineup with Salvi out, especially. And someone talked about all of being that, that power. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, not He's more of a double guy. Not there for me. He, no. did, he did have like, three home runs in two games. I think when he came down off the injury list last year, but that was because it was, in, it was in Chicago. It was a guaranteed True. right field. Yep. Like it's not hard to hit a home run there. I think it was Kyle Isbell today. I mean, he hit that. He hit a ball like 407 feet. That's what it was. And that wasn't a home run. Nope. So that was, that was very frustrating. Arizona's, you know, I wouldn't say it's pitcher friendly, but I think it's, fairly neutral. I'd have to go look at the part. I think, I think it's kind of like Kaufman. It's hard to hit a home run. It's not that hard to hit a double. Yeah, there you go. That is fair. But yeah, no, just Royals batters could not get it done. Honestly, I think it was more Gallen than the Royals lineup personally, because he had 12 strikeouts and the guys who came in relief of him only between what I think it was one, two, Three, yep, three guys who came in relief of them only notched one more strikeout between all of them. Yeah. 
So and it's not like he's only done it against the Royals. Like he yeah. said, it was 29 inning. Yep, stream. 28 innings. So he is just been doing it just to lots crazy. of people. Yeah. So it is it it is what it is. It was it was a tough draw. Um Ryan Yarbrough, I don't feel like he earned the loss, but that is he got the loss with his one earned run. So I want to, you know, Ryan Yarbrough in the in the locker room, give yourself a pat on the back. I don't think he did did too bad today. Just like use your right arm because you you're gonna need your left arm for Yeah, long. yeah. Try to please don't like I'm trying to man, there's some movie out there where like someone loses all their bones and like they're just flopping around and it's a it's a scene. It's not the entire movie. Don't don't give me that look, Jeremy. Don't get, give me that look. I'm not I saw this movie on the television, okay? And the sun was still up, so I know it's not a bad movie. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> that is my wife in the background, everyone. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. But yeah, now now I imagine this right like Ryan Yarbrough trying to whip his long left arm around to <laughs> give himself a pat on the back. <laughs> Got everyone out there listening, if you're still on here after that surgery question. You're a real you, one. Yeah, you you are a real one. We appreciate you so much right now. It is I'm trying to because we were we were talking a little bit about what we needed to talk about tonight, you know. What analysis do we want to provide? What updates did we need to give? And it was, there's plenty of things to talk about right now, but this, this team is six and 19 for, for goodness sakes. They're about to set the, the franchise record for the most losses by the end of April. Like it's, it's not good. This is, well, here you'll like this one game of Thrones. Oh boy. This is like the last season of Game oh, of no. Thrones. You're oh, so no. you're so invested into it and you want to love I it. I don't know if I'm that invested. I mean, season 8 of Game of Thrones was no one should be that invested. Okay. But were there good parts of season 8 of Game of Thrones? Uh I'm going to say no. No good no, parts. Only no, parts. no good parts. Okay, well, I I found a few good parts in season eight. Excuse you. So the the visual effects were really good, weren't they? I mean, if you can see them, it's kind of dark. Well, and that's what Royals fans are dealing with with blackouts right now. Oh, hey, oh. But no, my my point being, there's some good parts to every Royals game. But all every in all, game? well, not okay, not every. There are some good parts to certain Royals games. Once in a blue moon, <laughs> I we're all still so invested that we want to see this through to the end and we want to like it, but we also but want to fire end? the writers. Whose end, Jacob? Whose end? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like know, Jeremy. Oof, I, I hope, I hope it's not your end. It might be my end. If I have to keep crying myself to sleep when the when, yeah, exactly. If I have to keep crying myself to sleep after the Royals lose, it might be the end of my marriage with my wife because she'll <laughs> she'll get pretty tired of that. <laughs> she uh, she she didn't like that one. Aww. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, so, can you take it for a couple minutes? 
Sure. So let's let's talk about Michael Massey. I want to talk Ooh. about Michael Massey. So Michael Massey, he had I don't I didn't see what he did today. I should probably look that up, but I don't have a keyboard attached to my computer right now, so I'm not gonna. Uh, but he he had I noticed he had six hits over his last three games coming into today. Pretty good. Ooh. That sounds exciting, right? Yeah, we're happy about that. Cool. One stat I saw on Twitter today that I I could not believe it. I had to go to baseball reference. I had to go to fan graphs and double and triple check this. He hasn't walked this year. Not once. We're in Mark Quinn territory, people. <laughs> Jacob, are you old enough for Mark Quinn? No, I'm not. Nope, you're not old enough. Mark Quinn was, was our Lord and Savior back in the late 90s early 2000s i forget what year exactly he was here it was a couple of years he was a rookie came up had had all kinds of power very charismatic um he had a goatee back when people didn't have a lot of goatees i thought that was really cool oh yeah, yeah. um and uh he he went so long without walking i forget how many plate appearances it was it was a lot of plate appearances that when he finally walked they shot off the fireworks at kaufman stadium <laughs> because he took a walk that is oh the, the the realm that michael massey is approaching right now and we all know what happened to, well i know what happened to mark quinn after that you don't remember him because you're what, too young what I happened guess. to mark quinn what happened to mark quinn kung fu injury Kung Fu with his brother, injured his back, never the same. What in the step brothers are you talking about? I, I, that's the information that I have. That is what I can share with you. I don't know anything more than that. Did you touch my drum set? Injury, Kung Fu fighting with his, and they specifically described it as Kung Fu fighting with his brother. (laughs) That's. That's such an early 2000s reason for an injury, too. Yep. Oh, my gosh. More, yeah, more no. early 2000s reasons for injuries while we're on the topic. Because who wants to talk about these Royals? Yeah. Jeremy Giambi. You remember Jeremy Giambi? He's yeah, yeah. You, oh, you do remember Jeremy. I, I remember uh, him, at least. Jeremy Giambi. He was set to become the Royals' first baseman after Jeff King abruptly retired. Okay. But uh, he went out to Kevin Apier's farm, got on Kevin's ATV, and had himself an accident. Got all banged up. He wasn't, he was all, I get, what I understand, of course, I wasn't there. So what I understand is that he got a whole <laughs> bunch of scratches, didn't break any bones or anything, but he was, he was a little banged up. Yeah. And so Mike Sweeney got the start at first base because somebody's going to uh, play first base. Yeah. And he just kind of, that job yeah kind of <laughs> kind of sort of yes he, he was did. a catcher before that i don't know how many people remember mike sweeney was a catcher before he was oh, a first damn. baseman i don't know i didn't know that at all this has now been world's do. history with jeremy greco everyone I, i'm i am so happy to be talking to a royals fan right now that doesn't remember things that i, I <laughs> so often i'm talking to people they're like remember in 77 when the royal i'm like no that was before <laughs> i was bored <laughs> oh hey speaking of royals history today today's the the anniversary of the hal mccray oh gosh bit. yeah yeah I saw, I saw that on twitter too goodness gracious so make I can't if, say if i blame him There's, i know right I, mean, I feel like it's got to be frustrating right you're a manager you're managing an awful team 
and the reporters come in and they ask the same dumb questions every dumb day and you gotta come up with some kind of answer for them is that just i i don't don't know what you would ask it's like i'm i don't feel i don't feel bad for everybody everybody there has a job to do yeah everybody has a job to do and you gotta do your job or you don't get paid and so everybody's there. Nobody wants to do this. Nobody here is happy about what's happening. The reporters aren't happy. The manager isn't happy. Nobody's happy. But they got to ask questions. And so exactly. they ask the question, and he's, he's had it. He's just done. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. I I am curious how long it's going to take Q to get to that point. Like, are we going to see some fire out of him like June or July? I don't know, man. I mean, I, you, you got to figure the guy's got a limit, right? Yeah, it's it, it's gonna it's gonna boil over eventually. All right. Well, hey, speaking of boiling over, we're boiling over right now because we've only touched on Chris Bubich and the start today. That's about it. Why would we talk about anything other than Chris Bubich? I don't know. Because there there are a couple of updates that we need to get out to the people. So go ahead, right, and give right. give me a second. So Daniel Lynch, we're talking about all these about you know what are they gonna do with rotation things like that. He did throw a bullpen in surprise Arizona yesterday. So April 25th um, and all of the, like all the pitching coaches were in attendance since the Royals were down in Arizona. So that was, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and Rogers, I'm sorry. Vernier calls her Annie. I've been calling her Ann for so long. I don't know which one is right, but Josh Vernier is more educated than I am on miss Rogers. So I'm going to go with Annie. Yeah. All right, so Andy Rogers says Ann, so that's what I go by. But I, Man. I don't think I don't. You're stuck in a rock and a hard place there. I, I know. I'm, I, I'm lose, 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 just like the Royals. Anyways, all right. So she does report that he is scheduled to throw three innings in extended spring training on April 27th. So that is Thursday. So we're we're making some progress there. Uh, he did say that he felt quote amazing. And his shoulder feels like it's together now. So I don't know if it was a part. That's concerning. <laughs> I, well, a positive update that's very concerning <laughs> to me. Well, I've what been did throwing... your shoulder feel like before? This is the best what? my shoulder ever felt like. It was sliding all like it's place. a part of me. <laughs> I feel like I'm connected to my arm now. Oh my gosh. It used to be my arm just did its own thing and had a mind of its own. Sometimes it smacked me. Well, you know how now Ryan Yarbrough You know how Ryan Yarbrough whips his hand around to give him a pat on the back? That's how my shoulder felt like. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I promised myself I was gonna stop derailing us for five no, minutes. I no, you you didn't. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me one bit. Okay, last piece of injury. <laughs> Injury news, I promise, I promise. Uh, Drew Waters, really, really looking forward to that. Um, he is playing down in extended spring training. Um, he started playing a while ago, so 10 days ago was his first start down there, so that is, uh, that's good. Um, and he is up to playing nine innings every other day for a normal ramp-up. So he should be heading to a rehab assignment next this time next week, so we will be looking forward to that. Um, and you know what, Jeremy, I don't think we're going to touch on it because we got to, I, we, we got to save this for next time because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of roster moves that are impending that 
like not only need to take place to improve the on-field performance, but to look at this quote-unquote evaluation period. We gotta let's let us let us start evaluating some of these guys. We already know that you know seasons. You what's the saying? You can't win a division in April, but you can certainly lose one. Well, the, the Royals are lost. The lost are proof of that. Yep that that they are. They are the um, yeah. They're the living embodiment of that. So I we'll, we'll talk about that next time because I did want to talk about guys like uh like Rays. I even want to talk about Olivares because I'm not a huge Olivares believer anymore. Um, I don't think I'm alone in that, but I might be the minority in that. Um, there's, it feels like there's a lot of guys on this roster right now that either need to go, okay, you're, you're going to Omaha or Hey, like best, best of luck in your future endeavors, go play for a contender or something. But we will, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Hopefully a lot of these guys would do great in Japan and Korea. Oh yeah. They would absolutely, absolutely match. Like, like Ryan McBroom last year of all people, mm-hmm. he was like, he was one of their best hitters. And he couldn't even crack the the team that didn't have any outfielders. So who was it? It was it was Ryan McBroom, and there's another like there's another guy over there that give me one second. Um, hey, while I'm doing this random googling, why don't you uh, why don't you tell folks where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Caius H O K I U S. And yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm tweeting. I'm I'm sending my thoughts. If you think that my thoughts here are, are weird or or disconnected <laughs> from reality, beware my Twitter. Um, but that's fair. where you can find me. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, just make sure to stay off of Jeremy's Reddit. It's a uh, it's a little little iffy over there. That's a it's that's a secret page just for you, Jacob. Oh. Well, it, it does cater to me. Anyways, all right. The the picture that I couldn't think of was Foster Griffin. Do you remember that? Oh, name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's over uh, playing for the Yomuri Giants, um, and he's he's doing pretty good. Two and one, three point seven ERA. Not uh not too shabby for Mister Griffin over there. Somewhere. Yep, that you do, and he is climbing back. By the way, again, my name is Jake Milham. If you haven't heard uh, heard of me before, I'm uh, kind of a big deal. My social media is Jake Milham Casey. Yes, it is. Uh, I am not a big deal, as I self-proclaim. I have many leather-bound books, though, and my uh, my office smells of rich mahogany. Okay, yeah, Jared, yeah, I can work with that. Do you know that reference? I gotta know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Anchorman with Will Ferrell. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I, you know, if I paused for five seconds and been like, "Let me come up with a wild guess," I would have guessed Anchorman. Fair enough. Oh my goodness, but yeah. Listen, if if everyone's out there listening, we really do appreciate you. But next time, hopefully, we'll have Greg or Max on with us. They'll keep things a little bit more uh, in line and actually on Royals baseball for a little bit. Any anyone to reduce my speaking time. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. <laughs> well, hey, on the other side of this ad break, we are going to have another segment from Brian Henry talking about some advanced analytics. So please stay tuned to that. 
Welcome back to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jacob Milham. Jeremy Greco will be back here in a little bit. But just like last week, I have our statistician, our I, I don't even know what title to give you, Brian, but you're you're the man with numbers. That's uh that's your job. Does that sound good? Sure. I like numbers. <laughs> uh just numbers don't like me so thus i don't like numbers back ah. it's a it's a it's a hate hate relationship <laughs> if, if you will um but speaking of numbers who don't like people um, a lot of the stats don't like the royals at this time of the year but right now we are actually going to talk about another advanced metric um and frankly i kind of understood weighted runs created plus that we talked about last week um if you want to go hear brian's segment on that please go check out last week's episode but this one i'm not as educated on brian it's this x era can you tell me what that is yeah um as i head into this i i think for the the people who hate numbers um i i i actually get it um, uh, but I, I, I always think of it. There's a guy named, uh, George box, who is a British statistician. And he, he said something that's kind of stuck with me forever. It's, uh, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Um, and so that's kind of how I think of things like XERA, where it's a model that, that can be useful. Um, but it isn't always. And so this is where you're going to get into a little bit of stats where, uh, the number itself could be meaningful or not. And that's that's why um, you kind of have to understand it a little bit better. So we'll kind of talk about what it is real quick and then um, uh, get into some of the numbers on the on the pitchers for the Royals right now. Yeah. Um, it is based off of another stat called XWOBA. Um, so all the X stats are things that come from Baseball Savant. Uh, if you're not familiar with Baseball Savant, it's a website that was started a while ago. I don't even know when, um, probably eight, nine years ago, something like that. And then MLB bought it. Um, and so it is actually owned by Major League Baseball now. And so it's kind of their uh, place where they put out their st- their uh, statistics from all the, all the stuff they collect in game. Um, and so they built the X stats as expected stats. So mm. when you look at a player who has X stats, it, it can compare their numbers to what you would expect their numbers to be. And the X Woba is based off of um, mostly three things. So uh, they look at exit velocity, launch angle, and for some types of batted balls, the, the sprint speeds. Huh. Um, so for instance, if um, Bobby Witt hits a ball into the gap, um, there's a much higher probability that turns into a triple because he's fast, right? Versus yeah. Perez hits one into a gap. He's probably still getting a double. You know? That's true. But that's you know still I mean? one base. That's a big difference. Yeah. So um, what what they did is they built XWOBA and then um, they what, what it does is it basically for each ball you hit based on the exit velocity, the launch angle, and again, sprint speed for some of them, um, it gives a probability of a single, double, triple, and home run. And then that probability times uh, each one, and then you sum it up and you basically get a weighted average. Um, and and that kind of tells you what the expectation of each ball in play is. And then that oh. becomes the XWOBA. XERA then is a one-to-one translation of that, but from the pitcher perspective. So they're okay. actually using the XWOBA of the hitters they're facing to calculate the XERA. Gotcha. Um, that's as far as I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. They don't, they don't actually, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty deep rabbit hole, Brian. No, they, just... 
they don't actually share with us like specifically how they calculate everything sometimes on on baseball savant so um anyway if we look at the pitchers right now for the royals this is not going to shock you their xera is not not great <laughs> yeah uh, for the most part um i kind of broke them into three groups um so i have a there's a couple of guys who their xera and their actual era are pretty similar and so you know not much to talk about so like a rawless chapman and brad keller pretty much the same. Um, so like Keller's ERA is 3.96, his ex-ERA is 4.09. Eh, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Um, there's a couple that basically their ERA is um, much lower than their ex-ERA, meaning um, they've outperformed their ex-ERA, um, which we'll get to in a second, What mm-hmm. if that actually means anything. But um, Brady Singer... Uh, Zach Greinke, uh, Garrett, Lyles, and Quas are all kind of in that group where if XERA is predictive, which it is not always, um, that would mean they tend to possibly, you would expect them to get worse if they keep pitching the way they are. Um, gotcha. Not fun. Um, and then then the other group would be the, the group that's kind of underperformed um, relative to their XERA. So their ERA is actually above it, and that's Clark, Taylor, Barlow, Hernandez, Yarborough. Um, so, um, I wanted to kind of focus on singer. Cause again, he's kind of, he's done bad. His ERA is 6.67. Um, right. his X ERA is 8.6. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Golly. so you look at that and you go, Oh no, is Brady singer actually going to get worse? Um, and I think that this is where XERA again, it's a model and you kind of have to look at it and say, well, what is it doing? Because especially when you look at his other types, stats kind of similar to this. So if if you're more familiar with FIP or XFIP, his FIP and XFIP numbers are, are in the fours. And so they disagree very much with the XERA. Um, And so what's really going on is um, if you go to Brady Singer's um, uh, uh, baseball savant page, it's a lot of bad um, mm-hmm. average, average exit velocity. He's in the first percentile hard hit rate. He's in the first percentile. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not good. Barrel rate. He's in the 15th percentile. Like he's getting hit hard. And I, so, was, I was just looking at it today, Brian. And I think like his sweet spot percentage is like 14 percentage, like 14 percentages higher than, than it was last, last year. year. Like he's yeah. actually, he's getting hammered to start this year. Yeah, and his launch angle is up. And, I mean, mm-hmm. his hard hit rate is 61.6%. Golly. So that's why his XERA is so hard, is he is getting hit hard, and his launch mm-hmm. angles are up. And and so it's turning into a really high XERA. But, like, his FIP and XFIP aren't as high because the home run rate is, like, 20% of his fly balls have been home runs. And yeah. it's, it's saying, well, that's not normal. But man, if you're getting hit hard and on a higher launch angle, that's kind of how home runs happen too. So exactly, um, it's one of those where like which one is correct is and isn't is then kind of your interesting thing to do, right? Um, and that was the nice thing we saw in the last start, right against Arizona, was actually his hard hit rate in that game was much lower. It was 33, percent so it's half of what it was for the season and lower than last year's hard hit rate for him. So. Uh, we saw him kind of return to a more normal level on his hard hit rate. Um, 
and, and things like that, which, which makes me feel a little better. Um, mm-hmm. And then what his BABIP is also inflated. Cause again, he's off, he's giving up really hard contact. Um, yep. So you aren't surprised that his BABIP's a little bit higher than normal. And one of the things I was looking at is launch angle then. Um, and so if you think about what XERA is doing and you think about a pitcher like Zach Grinke, who lives off of um, bad contact pop-ups, <laughs> that, yeah. that's kind yeah. of his, his bread and butter. Um, so he, he tends to overperform these anyway, because that's what he does. And he gets people to put bad balls in play and pop-ups are the easiest thing to convert and outs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look at launch angle, um, for BABIP, the, the ideal spot is 12 to 13 degrees um, is kind of the launch angle you look at for the highest BABIPs. Okay. Um, and then if you move six degrees in either direction, so if you go up to like 18 or down to like six, um, you lose about 250 points of BABIP. Um, so kind of launch angle, when you're looking at it, you can kind of think those as kind of your cut points for for BABIP home runs are a little different home runs. You want a higher launch angle and really higher, um, exit velocities too. Um, so it's a little bit higher, but, um, but for balls in play, that's kind of it. And right now the launch angle on, um, Brady singers 10.1. And so he's real close to that BABIP sweep spot. So he's just kind of living in that zone. That's bad, but, but the last start didn't look like that. So when you go through his game log, um, on, on Savant again, for last night's game, his launch angles were better, which is good because he's a ground ball pitcher. He should be getting much lower launch angles, his hard hit rates down and, and everything. So I, I think that start makes me feel like that XERA though. It was probably valid through the first couple of starts. Cause he really was just bad. Um, it looked more like the Brady singer we saw last year. Um, and so I'm more inclined that maybe the FIP and XFIP numbers are, are better, um, after that. So let me, so let, let, let me try to use some of, some of your, um, fancy stats terms. All right. You, you can laugh at me here. Sure. So do you think that in the coming, I don't know, let's say, you know, May, June timeframe, do you think that his X ERA will regress to the mean? Yes. Yes. I I think you're going to see it regress. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's going to keep giving up 60% hard hit rates. Um, if he does, there's, there's something fundamentally wrong. And then, um, I, I don't know what happens. Is he hurt? At that point you start asking questions like, is he hurt? Right. Something is something not right. Um, and it looked like last night he was pretty comfortable. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll regress. I don't think it's going to be eight. (laughs) I hope not. We need, (laughs) Royals need him to pitch better than that, but yeah, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, you know, maybe this is just recency bias. Maybe I need to go back and watch his previous start, but man, it just seemed like he was living in the bottom of the strike zone again against yeah. the Diamondbacks, and I really feel like that had a major impact on his. Uh, you know, he induced more ground balls, like you said. He looked yeah. a lot more like the singer we saw last year. So hopefully, that will help. All of his stats. I, yeah, his ground ball rate last year. Let me look real quick. I I, I should have written written that one down too. No, but no, it no. Was, it was like forty nine percent. So it was about half. And before last night, it was even worse. But it's forty three and a half percent this year. So I mean, it was down almost ten percent. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Which is, 
a lot. It is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he, yeah, he needs that. Like I said, that sinker down in the zone is, is, um, and then works off of that pitch. And so he needs, he needs the ground balls. So, well, Brian, it is, uh, I, I know all Royals fans are going to be watching Brady Singer pretty closely. And, um, you know, I, I will say, so we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, um, right ahead of Ryan Yarbrough's start. Ooh, and I am yeah. very nervous about yep. Ryan Yarbrough's first start, but it is good to hear that his XERA is in the right brackets yeah. you prevented or you presented, excuse me. On the downside, he's facing Zach Gallon, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's uh it's not really gonna be a pitching duel, I'm afraid. Like I think they have to follow the same model they did for Otani, only finish it better, where you just try and stay in the game until Gallon leaves, and then exactly. hopefully, hopefully you can score some runs at the end because Gallon's been really good. But. Oh my gosh, I think I think last I saw he was like he was either fourth or fifth in betting odds for the NL Cy Young. Like yeah. he is just, he's on another level right yeah, now. Yeah, he's real real good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm actually I've never really watched him pitch, so I'm looking forward to kind of watching him do his thing. So. I am I, I am looking forward to that as well. That that's a great point, Brian. Well, hey Brian, I do uh, I do really appreciate you coming on the show again. I whenever I have you on, this is two for two now. I'm always learning something new, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So thank you very much. Um, are are you putting out any work on Royals Review here in the coming days, coming weeks? Yeah, I wrote something what yesterday. Okay, awesome. What'd you write about? Yeah, on um, minor league pitching and whether they're rating the zone. And then I'm, I'm looking at a couple other things. I don't know what I'm writing up next, but. Okay. Heck yeah. Well, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to propose one to you. How's that sound? Sure. I want to, I'm, I tried to learn a little bit today about it, but I just, I tried to dive into Savant and I could not do it correctly. <laughs> so Annie Rogers wrote up um, talking about, you know, singers, the slider grip changes and, and things like that. But I want to see, like, was there a change in his release point? Why were the revolution so so different and how that affected things? You, you know what I mean? Like, I think a good deep dive into that pitch would be would be interesting. I think Savant has all the stats you need. Again, uh, Fangrass has some good release point charts and things too so heck yeah yeah so awesome and that's just well, on his slider yep that's look that that's what i was trying to hone in on and uh my my eyes got really glassed over when i uh, <laughs> when i tried to look at baseball savant it was uh it was pretty rough it was pretty rough yeah well, well hey brian thank you so much for coming on that is going to do it for this edition. Please go check out all the work from the team over at RoyalsReview.com. You can also follow them on Twitter and on Facebook at RoyalsReview. But thank you everyone for supporting me once again. This is Jake Milham. And until next time, go Royals!